You know, by now that scripture over in 2 Corinthians 2.14 just simply says that he always leads us in triumphal procession. I want to read this scripture to you from Ecclesiastes chapter 5. Uh, this is verse 16 and 17. If you want to write that down from the NLT. It says, and this too is a very serious problem. As people come into this world, so they depart. And all their hard work is for nothing. They've been working for the wind and everything will be swept away. Throughout their lives, they live under a cloud, frustrated, discouraged, and angry. Now turn to somebody and tell them, that's not me. That's not me. Come on, say it loudly, that's not, me. that's not me. You're not called to live under a cloud, frustrated, discouraged, defeated, angry. I want you to see today what, uh, what frustration actually is and, and what... Uh, you know, what you can do to live in victory over this because, you know, I don't believe that COVID-19 is the biggest issue right now. I see an awful lot of people who swallow the pill of frustration. And it's spreading like crazy. I mean, you see people that, uh, you know, constantly see the goalposts being moved back and forth. You see people changing the, the concepts and and what uh, is correct and what is not correct, and they're doublespeak and contradictory and confusing. I mean, you got this crowd saying you need to do this, and this crowd saying you need to do that, and you're not doing it right, and you didn't do it this way, and how can you be so stupid? There's a woman on board a flight this week, and the airline changed the rules, and she didn't know it, and she didn't have a mask on for health reasons, and she wouldn't put one on. They threw her off the flight. Everybody say frustration. frustration. And then, of course, you know, the, the ones that were there that wanted her gone all clapped when she got off the plane. Then you had a man who uh, wanted to go into Walmart. He didn't have a mask on. He pushed his way in and actually knocked the Walmart attendant down. Everybody say frustration, frustration. is spreading, spreading like a virus. I mean, we already have unrest in this nation politically, racially, all kinds of things going on. And you have this nonsense with COVID going on. You have conflicting, confusing, and contradictory directives and mandates. You had a, a man that was confronted in a store for not wearing a mask, and the other man pulled a gun on him. Everybody say frustration three times. How many of you know going to jail for the rest of your life or killing somebody over a mask is probably pretty stupid? But you'll find out one thing about most emotions, including frustration. You, it does not lead to the righteous life that God desires. It never will. Are you here today? Don't let the mask issue cause you to lose out on your promised land. Are you here today? <laughs> Dr. Fauci, who's the architect of our response to COVID, was photographed and the Nationals opening game, not wearing a mask. Now that one picture sums it up right there. Lean in so you'll get this. Are you ready? Come on, lean in. Nobody knows what they're doing. That's why you need to be a faith person, to respond to this thing in faith instead of in fear and in frustration. Because it is out there. When you're frustrated, you have a feeling of being upset or annoyed, especially with the inability to change something or achieve something. It's a common emotional response to opposition related to anger, annoyance, and disappointment. Basically, it's the result of peace and rest 
And that because you've lost your faith. You know that you are in faith when you're in rest about something. And you're not freaking out every time you go out. Can I have an amen? amen? Frustration is a reliable and accurate indicator of a lack of faith and the peace that is the fruit of it. Frustration is the number one precursor to acting in the flesh. Turn to somebody and say, don't have a flesh fit. Fresh, uh, frustration precedes a lot of self-destructive behavior, including life-limiting and, and destiny-destroying behavior. Turn to somebody and tell them it's not worth it. You see this play out in the Bible. You see frustration leads to spear-throwing like with Saul. You see it leads to cutting ears off like Peter. It leads to money-throwing, you know, in the temple like Judas. And it leads to rock-striking like Moses. You and I can't afford to lose out on God's best because we're frustrated. Amen. God has a much better way for the child of God to live than to live in this thing called frustration. Why do people get frustrated? Well, big time because they can't control someone or something. A lot of people get frustrated because, you know, they can't get their way about something. Turn to somebody and say, he's not talking about me. He must be talking about you. We can't understand something, and so we get frustrated. We can't find a solution to a problem, and so we get frustrated. We can't overcome some obstacle, and so we get frustrated. We can't see an end in sight, and so we get frustrated. COVID-19 is like the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> some people get frustrated because they can't put up with people. Moving right along before I get the death stare. Go over to Deuteronomy. Uh, actually, I want you to go to Numbers first. Uh, let's look at Numbers. Hallelujah. And I just want to read this to you and make a few comments on Numbers chapter 20. Let me know that, that Moses had to put up with a lot of stuff. That's why I called him the greatest leader to ever walk this earth next to Jesus Christ. Not just in terms of his deliverance, but in everything he had as a responsibility. And let's just look at this in verse 1. In the first month, the whole Israelite community arrived at the desert of Zen. They stayed at Kadesh. There Miriam died and was buried. And so now we know in this story, we can't blame this one on Miriam. Now there was no water for the community, and the people gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron, they quarreled with Moses and said, If only we had died when our brothers fell dead before the Lord. Why did you bring the Lord's community into this desert? That we and our livestock should die here. Why did you bring us up out of Egypt to this terrible place that has no grain or figs, grapevines or pomegranates, and there's no water to drink? Can you imagine that conversation? No pomegranates. You bunch of heathen. Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of meeting and fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. Now watch this very carefully. They're doing the right thing. The right response at this point is to ask God about this, to cry out to God. They fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. You know that the glory of God is the solution to everything. 
the manifest presence, power, and goodness of God. But once the manifest presence and power and goodness of God manifests, you and I have to respond to it in the affirmative. And the scripture says, the Lord said to Moses, say that with me, the Lord said. said. Shout that out, the Lord said. The Lord said said to Moses, take the staff and you and your brother Aaron gather the assembly together. Speak to that rock before their eyes and it will pour out its water. What did he say to do to it? Speak to the rock and it will give up its water. You will bring water out of the rock for the community so that they and their livestock can drink. And that should have been the end of the story. Moses goes up to the rock, gathers the community, speaks to the rock. They have water. But that's not how this ends. I want you to understand that even the most seasoned, mature, on fire, dedicated, consecrated Christian can be taken out by frustration. This entire time he is faithful, diligent, humble, wise, but all of a sudden his reaction is inconsistent with everything else he had been doing and the only difference is now he is frustrated. Now watch this. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence just as he had commanded him. He and Aaron gathered the assembly in front of the rock. And Moses said to them, so, so far we're good. I gather the assembly together. Moses takes the staff. Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? I like that we. We're going to bring some water out of this rock. No. Watch this. Listen, you rebels, must we bring you water out of this rock? Then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, and the community and their livestock drank. But the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust in me enough to honor me as holy in the the sight of the Israelites, you will not bring this community into the land I give them. All this time, all this leadership, and just like that, frustration compromised their destiny. These were the waters at Meribah, where the Israelites quarreled with the Lord and where he showed himself holy among them. Now, I want to just uh, dive into this a little bit further and then encourage you about how to overcome it in your life. If you're, unless you're under a rock, you've been tempted to get frustrated. Regardless of where you stand on any of this, you could put yourself in the place of just about anybody in these COVID stories, whether you're on this side of healthcare, you know, being told to wear a mask to go into a clinic, or you're on this side of healthcare where you have to deal with the people who won't wear or can't wear whatever, and everybody's got a reason to be frustrated. But I want you to know you should value what God has for you greater than the frustration. God still has great things in store for you. He's got a plan and a purpose and a destiny. And whatever's going on right now, I assure you, is not worth what God has ordained for your life. So look at somebody and tell them, suck it up, buttercup. People are going to do what they're going to do. Take it from my sister Tammy. God is good 
and people are crazy. Your job is to stay in a place of faith, a place of peace, a place of rest, no matter what you see or hear. No one can give away, no one can take that peace from you unless you give it to them. No one can stop you from being a faith person in the midst of a mess unless you make that decision to let somebody do that. We can learn an awful lot from this story about Moses and what happened with them as a result of their frustration. Number one source of frustration, according to Moses, is, drum roll, people. 99.99999% of all frustration, people. And that little sliver, pets that poop and pee on the floor. But 99.99999% people. <laughs> I won't tell you how I know that answer, but I know. <laughs> Look at somebody and say, it's people. Not you in particular, but in the generic sense. We learn number two, Moses navigated every other device of the devil. Rebellion, murmuring, complaining, gossip, idolatry, but frustration took him out. Frustration will work when nothing else does in your life. Moses overcame every device of the devil to take him out, but frustration finally did the trick. Think about that. How many believe he could have lasted just a little longer? Yes. Number three, frustration can literally derail your destiny. No promised land for you. It's powerful enough to derail the most faithful of us. Number four, frustration is good at camouflaging itself as God's will. I can't tell you how many times I've seen people get frustrated and then react to it and then begin to step out of destiny or purpose or call or anointing, whatever it is they're supposed to do, and then all of a sudden it, it, just, it, it seems right. You know, there's a way that seems right to a man and it ends in death. But when you're frustrated, sometimes you'll, you'll make decisions and you'll go down a path you would never go down if you weren't frustrated. It's like, you know, a sane person is probably not going to pull a gun in Walmart over a mask. Amen? Can I have a better amen than that? Amen. When you get frustrated, you're going down a path you shouldn't go down. And if you're not careful, you say, well, that's just the way it is. That's God's will. No. What happens then later on when the frustration settles down, you go, dear God, what on earth did I just do? What did I just say? I can't believe I handled that thing that way. I can't believe I made that kind of a call. I can't believe I alienated that person over what? Because I was frustrated. Are you here today? Number five, frustration inspires reaction instead of response. Reaction instead of response. Response is you pause and you reflect. God, what do you want me to do about this situation? I will do what you want instead of what my feelings are telling me to do. Raise your hand if you've ever reacted. And the rest of y'all are liars. How many of y'all ever reacted <laughs> when, we should, when we should have responded? Mm-hmm. Yes, amen. I got so frustrated one time flying back from Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> and my dad was actually the one that picked me up in St. Louis. I caught valley fever or something. I was, we were staying with my brother. My, my fever spiked like 103 degrees, so I came home from the pastor school early. <laughs> and uh, I had a, 
I had a golf bag. And I mean, you know what a golf bag is. It's a bag that you can tell there are golf clubs in it. <laughs> yeah, it's real difficult. And then I had a garment bag. Everybody said garment bag. And then I had, you know, this other suitcase or whatever. I lost my ticket. I didn't really lose, you know, my claim ticket. And back then, around the carousels, I mean, you had to actually show the claim ticket to get in and get out. And they may restore some of that. I don't know. But I uh, got off the plane. Here's the crazy thing. I had a voucher for a free flight and my tickets. And I threw them in the, in the trash as I walked off the plane. That's how bad I felt. It was bad enough. I got rid of the plane flight but lost the tickets as well. And so I go down to care, you know, the carousel to get everything, and my dad's going to pick me up. And I don't have anything. Um, you know, I don't have the tickets. And we had just moved from Georgia to Kentucky, and I had not changed my driver's license over yet. So on the, on the bags, it said Art Hines. You can probably remember what the address is, Pile Lane. I can't remember the address. Can you? 400, see what I'm saying? Yeah. No, that's a church, the duplex. Come on, come on, come on. No. <laughs> I'm getting frustrated over here. <laughs> you know, and, and it had the Hopkinsville address. It had an Art Hines in Hopkinsville. And she goes, I'm going to have to see some identification. I said, okay. <laughs> well, um, this is, these bags, you know, say Hopkinsville, say Kentucky, but that's a Georgia driver's license. This says Art Hines from Georgia. The bags say Art Hines from Kentucky. I'm like, really? You can't tell that that's probably me? I mean, I'm just dumbfounded. I already feel terrible. Have a fever. Just threw away a free flight. And she believes there are two Art Hineses on that plane. Well, you're just going to have to identify the contents of the bags. And then the dorification of art began right then and there. <laughs> and out came one of my less than finer moments. I said, okay, you want to play? Let's play. I'll play with you. What's in this long bag? I said, you see that bag? It looks like a golf bag. There are golf clubs in there. Zip. You're right. There are golf clubs in there. <laughs> I said, in that garment bag over here, I, I have got oranges from the Phoenix area. Zip. You're right. These have oranges. I said, in the third bag is my dirty underwear. You want to see it? <laughs> no, Mr. Hines, you're good. And my dad's giving me that, I can't believe you look. <laughs> yes, amen. So let me ask you again, how many have ever reacted instead of responding? Yes, amen, we have done it. Some of us have perfected it. Number six, frustration always includes rash words as well as actions. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Frustration can take out the most seasoned and mature among us. Frustration is a cumulative building up over time. It didn't just happen with one incident with the people of Israel or in your life. Frustration ignites the flesh into a flesh fit. And watch this. We can't use people as an excuse for our frustration because God didn't let Moses get away with it. Are you here today? How about know that? Go over to Deuteronomy 3 and you'll see this. 
Turn to somebody and tell them, take responsibility for your own frustration. In uh, Deuteronomy 23, in verse 21, at that time I commanded Joshua, you have seen with your own eyes all the Lord your God has done in these two kings. The Lord will do the same to the kingdom over these, uh, to where you're going. Do not be afraid of them. The Lord your God himself will fight for you. Now watch this. At that time, I pleaded with the Lord, O sovereign Lord, you have begun to show to your servant your greatness and your strong hand for what God is there in heaven or on earth that can do the deeds and mighty works you do. Let me go over and see the good land beyond the Jordan that the hill country, uh, uh, that, uh, the hill country in Lebanon. But because of you, the Lord was angry with me and would not listen to me. Did you catch that? That is enough, the Lord said. Do not speak to me any more of this matter. But because of you, the Lord was angry with me. Because of you, I got frustrated. And I spoke incorrectly and I struck the rock and the Lord won't let me go in. You know what this nation needs? It needs an epidemic of taking responsibility for one's actions. That's what it needs. That's not what you see even in Moses' life in the situation. I can tell he's still frustrated over the situation because he didn't realize at that moment that it's not what they did, it's how he reacted to it. Now, I'm going to tell you some of the wisest words I ever heard come out of the mouth of anybody in the ministry. You've heard me say it before, Brother Puckett Mayfield. It is not what happens to you that does all the damage. It's how you respond to it that does all the damage. He's not missing out on the promised land because of, of what the people did. He's missing out because of how he responded to it. God said, speak to the rock. He chose to speak things God didn't tell him to say. And then the rock, of course, gave up the water, but he had dishonored God in the eyes of the people. Do you know, the further you go in the things of God, the more God's going to expect accuracy to the commands he gives you. There is a holy thud there coming from somewhere in this building, so I'll try that again. The further you go with God, the more you're going to have to have fidelity to what he tells you. Especially if in the process of not doing what he tells you, God is dishonored in the eyes of the people in the process. To whom much is given much is actually required. So what do you learn about this? You learn that it's not the people's rebellion, but he wanted to use the people's rebellion as an excuse for his own frustration. So be careful. Those people over here, and that person over here, and that Walmart greeter over here, and that person at this store, and this person at this clinic, and blah, 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 as the excuse for your frustration. Look at somebody and tell them, just knock it off. Everybody could be very frustrated right now. But not everybody has to what? Respond inappropriately. That's still your choice. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Look at somebody and tell them the cure for COVID. Frustration is the peace of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> A couple of y'all are getting frustrated listening to me right now. Praise God. 
Let me just uh, give you this, uh, this pathway to frustration. Number one is you sow it. How do you sow frustration to yourself? By thinking about it in your mind. Be encouraged with these words again. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on what? On these things. So don't sit there and meditate on everything going on. I can't believe Fauci doesn't have a mask on. Hypocrite. He shouldn't even be working on animals, let alone people. What's wrong with this guy? And you meditate, and you meditate, and you meditate. And the ones I love now are the mask police in the stores. Three words for you. Get a life. Get a life. And the second thing I would say is, if you really believe your mask is working, why would you care if somebody didn't have one? Thy mouth betrayeth thee. You work out your own salvation in fear and trembling, and each person and family needs to work out this situation as God directs them. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Wear a mask, don't wear a mask, but do what you do by faith and do it in love and do it in peace. Amen? Because some of y'all have gotten some stare downs. <laughs> Hallelujah. Some of you have mastered your I don't care look. Comes in handy. We have a a young lady associated with this ministry, she was uh, in the parish church. And they were both young. I believe at the time they were unmarried and had, uh, I don't know, probably a couple of kids by then, at least one, I think, and um, several more now. And she's, she's quite a firecracker when it comes to her opinion on this kind of stuff. And she can't be, what, more than what now, 24, 25? I don't know. But uh, some of the first fruit from Paris was these two young people giving their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ, getting married. They've been serving God ever since. They've been in the church ever since. Thank God for them. But I told her a couple weeks ago, I said, you need to get your own talk show. <laughs> she had people harassing her about a mask. So finally, here's what she did. She cut up a pair of panties and put them on and put it on Facebook. <laughs> that was her response. Hallelujah. Yeah. We're so proud to call her one of our own. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Everybody's reaction's a little different. Hallelujah. Amen. A merry heart doeth good. See, Barb loves that right now. She's enjoying that. I bet you, I bet you didn't think of that, did you? Come on, shout it out. Sow it. Sow it. You keep meditating on this stuff, meditating on this stuff. Meditate. You're going to sow this into your heart, number two, which is where you stow it. 
sow the frustration, stow the frustration. The Bible says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Proverbs 4.23, all the issues of life, all the poor issues of life, everything comes out of that heart. So you meditate on this frustration. Where is it going to settle down? Where is it going to be deposited? Right into your heart. And what happens when something gets into your heart? The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth shall what? We'll speak. Look at somebody and say, you're not the exception to that rule. In other words, you sow it, you stow it, and then you show it. And listen, if, if Moses was not the exception, you couldn't be either. And what happens is we begin to manifest it with verbals and nonverbals that were frustrated. By the waters of Meribah, Psalm 106, verse 32 and 33. Uh, by the waters of Meribah, they angered the Lord and, and trouble came to Moses because of them, for they rebelled against the Spirit of God. And listen to this, and rash words came from Moses' lips. Shout that out. Rash words came from Moses' lips. I have heard since I was just a little kid in Sunday school, and Moses struck the rock and got in trouble with God. I mean, then he couldn't go into the promised land. But you know, it wasn't the striking of the rock. It was saying something God didn't tell him to say. Psalm 106 gives you the understanding. It was his mouth that kept him out of the promised land. Meditate on that one for a few hours. Yes, he struck the rock. But rash words, according to the psalmist, is what kept him out of the promised land. And I still believe that today. Rash words keep us out of a lot of things. Block us from a lot of good things that God would have us. Hallelujah. We all understand that there's nothing in human existence like the mouth in terms of trying to keep it under control. In fact, James 3 says there's no man can tame the tongue. But how do you know with the word and the Holy Ghost you can tame the tongue? So let's not cop out on something the Bible's not telling you as a matter of fact for a living. It's just simply telling you that natural man can't do this. It can be done, though, with spiritual means. Look at somebody and tell them, sow it, stow it, and then you're going to show it. And there are no exceptions. It will come out verbally and then non-verbally. Moses was told to speak to the rock. He chose to speak to the people and strike the rock. Watch this. All this time, from when he first realized there was an anointing on his life, and he saw that Egyptian beaten up on that Israeli, and he murdered that Egyptian, and he spent years in the back 40, he comes back in, and finally he, he grasps the courage to go do what God told him, to confronts Pharaoh, leads the people out, goes to the Red Sea, leads them to all this time, and loses his own destiny by rash words. Words don't mean anything, they're just words. No, in the kingdom of God, they mean everything. Words of honor propel us into God's best. Words of dishonor hold us back from what God has for us. Tell somebody right now, it wasn't the rock being struck. It was the mouth defying God. I mean, you know, if God tells you to say something, you better say something. If he tells you to shut up, I mean, you know, you better... 
shut up. Let me ask you this. Have you ever heard plainly the Holy Ghost say, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up? And you went right on in. Just over here. Over here, this doesn't happen. Let me ask you again. You, claim, you plainly heard the Holy Ghost say, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. But you had a better idea. How'd that turn out for you? Amen. The whole, Shazam, the Holy Ghost knew what he was talking about. I shouldn't have said it. Amen. <laughs> he was told to speak to the rock. He spoke to the people and struck the rock and lost his destiny. Why? You could call this a lot of things, but coming from the fountainhead of frustration is what this is all about. This is one frustrated dude. And some of you are getting there. Pastor does not want to have to bail anybody out of church, out of jail in this church. <laughs> Pastor, this is Sheriff Steiger, and I, I just wanted to do you this favor. Maybe you can come over here and quietly bail your member out. They picked up a can of pork and beans and threw it at somebody over this mask issue. And... Have you ever bailed somebody out? No, but I've been called to the jail before. <laughs> you might be there. I mean, you might be right, right there. And even if you're not going to do something criminal, if you, if you go off on somebody publicly and others are there, let me remind you of one simple thing. Cell phones everywhere. Amen? Go off on somebody today, YouTube within the hour. Facebook in 20 minutes. And there you'll be. As this current generation says, Karen there in front of everybody. Or even worse, now everybody look at the boomer who went off at somebody at Walmart. <laughs> Amen? You might be there. Well, if you are, what do you do? How do you deal with this thing? I mean, it's been going on now since when? March? Yeah. Uh, and we've been really in this period out of services more than we've been in. There's some people that are still, you know, intimidated to even be here in life. And that's between them and the Lord. Everybody's making their own decision about that. But I want you to understand something that, the one thing you can't afford to do is get frustrated in this period because it's not going to produce what God wants to produce in you or through you. If anybody needs to have their head on straight right now, it needs to be the Christians. I didn't say the religious, I said the Christians. <laughs> I'm a Christian. I have liberty. And love. Lots of love. It's not the most enjoyable thing to go see Don Kunkel get your hair cut and have to hold a mask up to your face. <laughs> but that's the crazy time that we're in. Amen. On the other hand, somebody has a medical condition, leave them alone. I mean, what are you, the great Karnak? You don't know what's going on with them. <laughs> just, <laughs> just settle down. Hallelujah. 
I mean, I really believe this. It's, it's, it's not financial impact or even health impact. The biggest impact on people right now is emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. That's going to be the lasting legacy of this thing. Hallelujah. Come on, shout it out loud. Sow it. Sow it. And you're going to show it. Let that stuff go, just like water off a duck's back. How do you triumph over frustration? Just write these principles down. There's nothing here that you don't know. It will just be an encouragement to you. Number one, focus on faith. Your faith level will determine your propensity to yield to frustration. And if you're at that point, you know right now you need more word. You need to get into the word, submit to the word, listen to the word, turn on those teaching tapes, you know, get on those MP3s and let the Lord feed you by his word. That's what this is. Now, I'm frustrated over the situation. No, if you get back into the word of God, it would temper that. And peace would come and joy would come back into your life. It's impossible to stay in the word of God and not be impacted, not just spiritually, but mentally and emotionally as well. All you're telling me is that I need to preach 50 more messages on the one thing. And I can do it. If you've been here longer than a day, you know that I've got that spiritual gift to turn five, five verses into a year-long series. Everybody say the one thing. One thing. Number two, focus on the one thing. <laughs> what is that? If Martha is not a picture of a COVID, you could call her COVID Martha. She's worried and upset and frustrated about many, many things. And Jesus said only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen it, and it will not be taken from her. Come on, shout out the one thing. The one thing. Don't make me put it back up on the PowerPoint. <laughs> Luke 10. For months, I'd say Luke 10, and you would laugh. It's not funny. <laughs> the more you do the one thing, the more you're going to be at peace. There's Mary just having a good time at the Lord's feet. Martha's running around you know, like a chicken with her head cut off and all upset and worried and judgmental and frustrated. There are a lot of people at Walmart like that. And there's Mary just chilling. That's the one you want to be. Why? Because she's valuing the things of God. Let me just put a segue in here to anyone who cares about the impact of being a spirit-filled believer during COVID. Come on, say it, I'm spirit-filled spirit in, in COVID. Do you know that there are mental and emotional and physical benefits to speaking in tongues? Do you know that? Do you know that actual studies have been run and are being run that indicate that praying in the Holy Ghost will lower your blood pressure. Yes. Do you know that praying in the Spirit will boost your immune system? There's an idea during COVID. Work on your immune system. Little ninja white cells in your body. Praying in the Spirit. Do you know that it has been found irrefutably by science and every pastor that's ever preached on this subject that every person that prays in the Holy Ghost at the same time can't go off on somebody? You just can't do both at the same time. 
it releases endorphins. It's supernatural, but it has natural impact in your life. So what should your one thing involve? Amen. And yet there are a lot of born-again, spirit-filled believers running around spending more time frustrated than doing the things that will keep them in peace and keep them victorious. Everybody say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. But your prayer language was not given to you as a marker for an experience, but as a lifestyle, a gift, an ability to pray in a supernatural way. You could not pray otherwise in English, and it's a vocal miracle every time you do it. A reminder that God is real, that he's on the job, but he's not going to let you down. And while everybody else is freaking out, you're just pushing your buggy in Walmart, praying in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Amen. Here comes the mask police just praying in the Holy Ghost. Somebody over here in the meat section wondering why the meat's so high. Why does a pound of bacon cost $20? <laughs> but you're just strolling by, just praying in the Holy Ghost, just as happy as you can be. Amen. Come on, say it. It's good to be a believer. It's good to know the Lord. It's good to be spirit-filled. But not so you can be religious. He has practical benefit to your life. Focus on faith. Focus on the one thing. Focus on your love walk. COVID gives you plenty of opportunity to practice. Every day. Somebody to practice your love walk on. I assure you of that. Let's start with the governor. I have to admit, he's straining me. <laughs> Amen. Lord bless King Andy. Give him wisdom and guidance. Let him listen to the right people. Let him stop taking phone calls from Nancy Pelosi. Did I say that? <laughs> I really did, didn't I? <laughs> Hallelujah. Be careful when somebody tells you we can look out for your health or the financial well-being of the people of Kentucky. That's called the tyranny of the ore, and that means you can do one or the other. With the wisdom of God, you can do both. But it takes the wisdom of God to do it. Amen. Focus on your love walk. Be charitable. Be gracious. Be kind. Be patient with people. Hallelujah. You have no idea what's going on in their mind when they're out there. No idea what they're dealing with. Hallelujah. The Bible says that perfect love will cast out fear. It'll keep you out of the fear ditch to develop your love walk. Amen. Amen. But there's so many people around me that just make me mad. Well, do a cripple says, start using like a, a barbell to increase your lifting capacity. Use them as resistance to grow in the things of God. Amen. Turn to the line and say, focus on your love walk. Number four, focus on praise. Instead of thinking about what frustrates you, start singing or praising God, making melody in your heart, and watch the peace of God descend. Now, I am sorry about one thing that I cannot possibly endorse is for 
a government to tell the people of God they can't sing. Now, the devil had have plenty of interest in keeping you quiet. Because when you praise God, he inhabits the praise of his people. When you praise God, the peace of God descends. Praise is a pathway to the glory of God. The dumbest thing you can do is stop singing. Amen? The dumbest thing you can do is give your praise life a break during this season. Praise them like you never have before. Is it powerful in adverse circumstances? Yes, I can see those three Hebrews in the fire rejoicing. Amen? I can see, you know, Paul and Silas praising God in the midnight hour. And what happens is they come and get supernatural deliverance and an entire jail gets filled with the glory of God and people get saved. Household salvation? Does it work? Yes. Jehoshaphat given a plan by God, you know. They chose some what? Singers to put them at the front of a military column. Who does that? We've got the Green Berets, we've got the Navy SEALs, we've got special forces, but let's put the choir up there first. Who does that? Someone who knows the power of praise. You praise God instead of thinking about what frustrates you. And you'll be the happy one that's out there. Now, I, I admit to you, it's a little goofy right now. And that's the most polite way I can say it. If you're going to go to a restaurant, young man, you're going to put that mask on. And for the 30 seconds you're in the lobby, you will wear it. And then when you go pay, you will wear it. For the hour and a half you're sitting there, don't wear it. You know what I said about not understanding something? That doesn't make any sense to me. It makes sense to put a hole in your mask <laughs> and suck your lunch through the mask. That would make sense. It does not make any sense the minute before and after. <laughs> you okay, Barb? We have two brand new AEDs back there. <laughs> Praise God. I think Barb's trying to tell us she tried that. <laughs> Did you? Did you? Are you still hungry? <laughs> Hallelujah. Focus on praise. Why don't we give him a praise right now? Come on, praise him. Praise him in there. Praise him here. Praise him there. Bless the Lord. Honor the Lord. Praise his name. Glory to God. Even behind the mask, you can praise him. Glory to the Lord. Glory to God. Number five, focus on God's will. All Moses needed to remember at that moment that it wasn't about his frustration or his will. It's about the plan and the purpose of God. And you'll stay out of frustration if every day you maintain consciousness 
of God's will and plan over your momentary frustration. In the big picture, it doesn't mean anything. How will this season be, you know, looked upon in history? I don't know. I, I think you're going to have a, a lot of, you know, very wise people say a, a litany of things were just mistakes and craziness ensued because nobody really was prepared mentally, emotionally, or naturally to deal with it. And in a lot of cases, spiritually. But I can tell you this, no matter how you write it up, no matter how you view it, no matter how you think about it today, no matter what frustrations you're dealing with, these frustrations are not more important than the will of God. And your job today is to do the will of God in the earth. And you will never do the will of God by yielding to frustration. God hasn't called us to get frustrated and throw spears at one another. God hasn't called us to get frustrated and say things that are inappropriate and then strike the rock when God told us to speak to the rock. God hasn't called us to throw things at people or direct things at people, not just physical things, but words are the favorite stones today. He's called us to do his will. Amen? Come on, say that with me today. God's will in the earth is all that matters. Why don't you stand and give him a big hand clap and thank him today?